Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. As we look to awareness for Poison Prevention Week, which is March 21st to the 27th in the year 2021, we think of our kids, and it's so scary as a parent to think of the ease to which our children can ingest a toxic substance or a choking hazard they find on the floor, and how do we keep them safe? I mean, that's certainly the goal of every parent, really. That's all we want to do, is keep our kids safe. So to help us with that today is Dr. Kevin Osterhout. He's an attending physician in the Division of Emergency Medicine and the Medical Director of the Poison Control Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Osterhout, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. You know, I have two kids and now they're 21 and 18, so I'm not as concerned about things they're finding around and putting on their mouths. But I I remember when they were little and how scary it was and me crawling around the ground to see if maybe the the dog left anything on the ground. So tell us a little bit about poison control and what do you want parents to know about things that we may not think are so dangerous and where we might often most find those Yeah, you know, children are fast, right? They develop, they grow, they get into things faster than I think we're often prepared as parents. And so it is a goal of the American Academy of Pediatrics and every pediatrician and every healthcare provider that takes care of children to try to reduce injuries from poisonings. And that's what we do at the Poison Control Center. So when you have young children, they're going to be in your house. You need to kind of think like a child and and just do a mental tour of your house. You know, we have things in our garage, we have things under our cabinets in our kitchen and in our sink and maybe in our in our basement where children can get into trouble and we need to think about those and prevent them. So what are we talking about here as you think of things in the garage and the shed, under the sink in the kitchen, the bathroom? Tell us a little bit about what we're looking at and even what's changed over the years, doctor, because I know you know, back in the day, there were no safety caps. There were no harder to open things like toilet bowl cleaner and such. So tell us about what we're looking at that's so poison because people don't always know what is and what isn't. Right. Well, almost anything can be a poison if it's used in the wrong way or in the wrong amount or by the wrong person. And so if we have chemicals or medicines or other products in our house, we want to make sure that we use them safely. And we have come a long way at preventing these injuries in children, as we've um, learned about child-resistant closures, as we've learned about medicine locks and and cabinet locks. Um, And it's always the message to keep things out of reach, out of sight, and out of mind of children. Um, If you think about things that are in your house, some of the new hazards that we're really facing and and dealing with that can injure children in ways that parents might not know, Um, some of them are those little button batteries that seem to be powering just about everything electronic in our home these days. And when children swallow those button batteries, if they get stuck in their throat, they can burn through their throat, even burn through their blood vessels and cause serious injury or even death. Um, As we have things like laundry detergent packets in our house. They're often brightly colored, they feel squishy, so they're fun for children. And so they're easy things for children to put into their mouth and and bite into. We can think about things like magnet toys and those little magnets, if they get swallowed, can stick together and uh, cause holes in our intestines and cause problems. 
And then, of course, anything that's a drain cleaner or all the different medications that might be in our home. So thank you for that list and things that we don't always think about, cosmetics, medications, you know, that, that parents or grandparents may be carrying around in their purse, that may be sitting out on a counter. And we don't always even think about things in the bathroom that kids might get into that could be detrimental to their health. What do we do? I mean, doctor, it seems like we'd have to lock everything up, put everything in high places. Is that what we're supposed to do, even when it comes to our makeup and alcohol that's in the house, all of these things? Yeah, I think that if it can be a hazard to children, we need to protect the children from that, right? And so certainly things that are able to eat away hair and debris and open our drains, um, you can imagine that that would be harmful if a child got it into their throat. So that shouldn't be under the sink where it's easy to play with. Um, our medications, when we get them, come in child-resistant closures. And if we keep them in those closures and keep them up and out of reach, then we can protect our children from them. But when we kind of bypass those enclosures or leave them out on tables, that's when children get into trouble. Um, you know, if you think about a way a child interacts with their environment, right, they, they see what their parents do. They like to mimic that. They move around, and when they encounter something, they pick it up between their thumb and their forefinger, this thing we call the pincher grasp that's a great developmental milestone, and then they explore it by putting it into their mouth. And so we want to either have them not find it or not put it into their mouth. Isn't that the truth? And another thing that I'm wondering if you've seen an increase in is as marijuana is getting legalized in more and more places. And while kids can't actually smoke the product if it's sitting there, edibles are huge. And so people have them. They look like gummy bears. They look like candy. And they're flavored like that, but they can be really dangerous for kids. Yeah, we've certainly seen a... Um very significant rise in children with marijuana exposures. And you're exactly right, right? We, they were at one time sometimes cooked into edibles like brownies or cookies or things like that, often the botanical form. Um, but now, as you mentioned, we see them in um, gummy candies and other pieces of candy and lollipops. And children don't know any better when they see those and want to eat them. The other thing that people don't realize is, you know, the active ingredient in marijuana is this chemical called THC. And, you know, back in the 60s, if you can get this picture of like Woodstock in your mind and the, the people at the concert, the marijuana that they were smoking was probably one or two percent THC. Now, when people have marijuana in their homes, it can be you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, or even higher percentages of THC. And the amount of THC that's in those gummies can be really considerable. Often a starter dose for somebody who wants to get high from a THC gummy might be half of a gummy worm. Um, and children don't know that, and they find them, and they might eat three or four. And so we're seeing profound marijuana toxicity in young children. Um, and oftentimes their parents don't know what's happening. That's really scary. And so Poison Control Week, Poison Prevention Week, March 21st to the 27th. And I'd also like, before I ask Dr. some more questions, 1-800-222-1222 is the Poison Control Hotline. You can visit poison.org as well, but that Poison Control Hotline will take you anywhere in the country where 
close to you to give you poison information and help should you need it. So, doctor, tell us a little bit more about what you see. What worries you most today when you think about the poisons that are around our house and even the ones that are outside the house? I mean, now with in this time of COVID, we're stuck in our houses a little bit more. But looking toward the bigger picture and when we do get to get out and about, what do you want us to know about our kids, our toddlers, especially at the park or at camp or any of these places where we can't watch them every second? You know, I think it's um, well known now that the United States is in the grips of an opioid epidemic where um, we have a large number of deaths due to opioids and whether that's heroin or this uh other related drug called fentanyl use, or whether it's from prescription opioids. Um, but what I don't think people maybe realize is what a burden we are seeing of those drugs on young children. And certainly the number of young children I have seen who have died or who have been very close to death and end up with permanent disability has um, really risen with the use of these opioid drugs. And so it's really important for people to make sure that any of their prescription pain medicines are kept out of reach of children. And for families, if they are using opioids like heroin or fentanyl, to just do everything that they can to make sure that they're not in the environment where children can encounter them. I know we're talking mostly about little kids and certainly poisoning, but as we get into our little bit of an older child and parents have alcohol around the house, alcohol poisoning is the thing, right? And tell us a little bit about that. What have you seen? And even in teens that tend to try and binge drink and that can really cause alcohol poisoning and even death. Yeah, we see alcohol poisoning in children at all spectrums of age. Actually, my colleague, Dr. Christopher Gaw, and I uh, recently published two papers, research papers on uh, childhood alcohol poisoning. And it is remarkable how frequently people will, will store clear alcohol into water bottles or other beverage containers and that that might be either used to actually mix formula for babies or just be used as a water source for babies. And so it is not uncommon for us at all to see four-month-old babies, six-month-old babies, eight-month-old babies who come in with astronomically high blood alcohol levels. Um, as children get a little bit older, the cocktail party phenomenon occurs, right? You have a nice party at your house, maybe you have some margaritas around the home or some wine. Everybody goes to bed thinking they'll clean up the next morning. And the three or four-year-olds come by and they find these things that kind of look cool and smell cool and that they saw their parents using last night and they may drink from those. And then, you know, during this pandemic, what we've seen is the huge increase in hand sanitizers that go into everybody's home. And many of these have um, ethanol or alcohol within them. And so um, although you can use them on the hands and licking your hands afterwards really isn't much of a problem. If, if people don't know what's in the bottle or if the bottle looks a little bit like a food bottle, it's very easy for somebody to pick them up and to try to drink them. And then, of course, everybody has experience with teenagers as teenagers um, start to use alcohol in, in their social lives. Well, that's certainly true. So before we wrap up, 
Doctor, what would you like to tell parents about Poison Prevention Week, Poison Control Center, and really hopefully preventing in the first place all of these very terrifying things that you're here discussing today and ways that we, your best advice really, ways that we can protect our children. I mean, we can't follow them around every single second, but we can do so many things to safeguard our homes and protect our children that way. Yeah, absolutely. So let's make Poisoning Prevention Week a chance to do a little tour of our homes and make sure that our chemicals and our medications are put into a safe place where they're not in the environment of young children. Um, If we have expired medications or medications that we're not using in our home anymore. Let's think about ways that we can get rid of those and take those out of our home. It's a great time to actually plug the Poison Control Center phone number into your cell phone so that you have it in an emergency and you don't have to look for it. That 1-800-222-1222 number will reach a nurse or a pharmacist, really well-trained professionals who want to be there and help you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you or somebody you know is struggling with substance use disorder, um, talk to your doctor, talk to your nurse practitioner, and um, ask for help. Help is available. And um, let's teach our children and demand that our public health policymakers and legislators work with us to make consumer products safer all the time. 100%. And that poison control number again is 1-800-222-1222-poison.org. Also has lots of information. And as Dr. Osterhout said, put that into your phone. If you're a new parent or a parent of a toddler, just walk around, crawl around, put yourself at the eyesight of that child and go all around your house, look in every cabinet and drawer and make sure because that's the way we're keeping our kids safe. And you're learning about those things right here on Healthy Children, where all of our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics and their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen to this show on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. Please share this show, especially now and during Poison Prevention Week. Share this show with your friends and family. That way we're learning from those experts at the AAP together, and they're here to help us keep our kids safe. That's what it's about. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Melanie Cole for Radio MD, Healthy Children, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Stay well.